Head to netsuite.com slash briefing now for their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Welcome to the Sunday edition of CNN Five Things. I'm David Rind. We're following a very disturbing humanitarian crisis unfolding on the border between Belarus and Poland. Thousands of migrants, mostly from the Middle East, have been stranded in dire and freezing conditions. Stranded as they try to migrate deeper into parts of Europe. Over the past few weeks, you may have seen headlines about what's been going on in Eastern Europe. However, not many journalists have been able to see the migrant crisis playing out there for themselves, especially from the Belarus side of the border. You go back to Iraq? No. 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 Our senior international correspondent, Matthew Chance, is one of them, though. His team got exclusive access to a migrant camp there. So let's spend five minutes with him to see what's been going on. Where are you exactly, Matt? Well, David, I'm, I'm in Minsk right now, the capital of, of Belarus. But for the, the whole of the week, I've been right up there in that refugee camp on the border between Belarus and Poland. There's a lot of people here um, chopping wood, getting ready to, to make fires to get them through extremely exposed. You know, the, the weather's coming in. It's the middle of winter here, obviously. Uh, very, very cold indeed. They're building these makeshift shelters because... The they were making uh, shelters out of branches they chopped down wow. from the trees. And they were sort of camped right up against the razor wire fence that separates Belarus with Poland. Where, where are you from? From Iraq, from Kurdistan. The migrants there, mainly from Iraqi Kurdistan, are in really, really tough situations. They have got very little in terms of food. They want to cross into the European Union. Uh, Poland and the EU don't want that. Uh, They say this is a a manufactured crisis. Belarus behind it to make Europe look bad and to put pressure on Europe uh, as revenge for the sanctions that it's imposed on on Belarus over the past year or so. Right. Can you take me back to kind of how all this started. You mentioned manufactured. So how did all these migrants end up here in this place specifically in the first place? Well, over the past few months, Belarus has been sort of laying on extra flights. There have been reports that it's been actively encouraging migrants from the Middle East and Asia to sort of come to Belarus and then is directing them towards the the border of the European Union. You're telling me you've paid $2,000, which is a lot of money, right, to come from Iraqi Kurdistan to here. The Belarusians, for their part, they categorically deny that this is something that they've been organising on purpose. But it's easy to see how that allegation would stick because uh, they've um, allowed them to go right up against the border. They haven't intervened when groups of migrants have tried to breach the frontier and get into the European Union. Breaking news out of Belarus. The migrant crisis there is escalating with violence erupting along the border this morning as Poland tries to keep migrants from crossing over from the Belarus side. Earlier this week, of course, we saw this explosion of violence. If you don't follow the borders, force may be used against you. With all these hundreds, if not thousands, of very frustrated migrants. The realisation that they're not going to get in to the European Union sort of finally dawning on them. They're smashing rocks on the ground, get smaller pieces. 
and then they're using those rocks to uh, to throw at the Polish line. He said, help. Help. Help, yes, help Poland. That's what they're shouting? Yes, this is the shouting. And the Polish, they're not helping? Yes, no helping. The Polish border guards responded with water cannon. God, I just got blasted. I got hit myself with, and the whole crew did, with, with a water cannon. Oh, yeah, my lips are still, you know, sore, and burning from the sort of pepper spray that was that was inside that water. Wow. So these extraordinary scenes of violence on the border before the Belarusian authorities eventually moved in to de-escalate the situation. Wow. So what happened to all the migrants after that? And what does their immediate future look like? Yeah, I mean, look, when, when I said that the, the Belarusians had moved to de-escalate the situation, what, what they've done is they've moved now all of the migrants that were butted right up against the border fence. And they've moved them back about a mile inside Belarus and put them inside a giant sort of hangar, a logistics center, which is heated. They've been giving them mattresses and bedding, hmm. warm clothes, military kitchens have been set up to provide hot food at least once a day. It's still very basic, but they're no longer in that sort of life-threatening condition. From there, what happens, I think, is that these people are likely to be deported back to their origin country. And the majority of them, as I mentioned, come from Iraq, from Iraqi Kurdistan. I, I'm not sure that everybody in that logistical center is aware that that's what's going to happen to them. Who is this? Um, his name is Aji. Hello, Aji. How are you? Hi. You good? I met a young woman on the border fence with her, with her four-year-old child. Uh, who's got a problem with his legs. He needs an operation. He's got splints on his legs. He can't walk properly. Mm. And uh, we need to go to Germany. Everyone uh, and the doctor told me that uh, be, the operation in Germany is very good. Uh, the, we have food, we have bed uh, yeah. for sleeping. Yeah. They're giving you these blankets. Yeah. I met her again at this logistical centre and she had a new, a new coat on and she was looking a lot better and the little kid was laughing. And she still wants to go back to Germany. I have big hope to go to Germany because I think Germany have humanity. But she understands now there was this, you know, again, this realisation dawning that actually maybe that's not going to happen. Mm. And indeed, the first evacuation flight, repatriation flight, I think they call it, here in, in Minsk left for Iraq at the end of the week. So already a, a whole group of Iraqi Kurds have been sent back to their country of origin. Okay, so what's the end game here for Belarus then? What are they saying to you about the idea that this was all manufactured? Well, they're, they're, they're denying that. In fact, I, I sat down with the, um, with the Belarusian foreign minister, uh, Vladimir McKay, uh, earlier in the week as well, and I put that to him. How do you answer that allegation? Uh, it's... Uh... It's 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 lie. It's an absolute lie. Belarus, as they've done before, he denied it. This is a false assessment of the situation. He said that it was actually the, the fault of the European Union for not letting these people in. There's a really pressing question, I think, is then what what happened? Why did they do this? You know, I don't have a, a good answer for that, except to say perhaps the Belarusians wanted to show the EU the kind of chaos the kind of hardship that they could cause if they chose to. Hmm. And so this was a kind of message to the EU that, you know, if you don't give us what we want, 
if you don't re-establish ties with us, if you don't ease off on the rafts of sanctions that have been imposed on us, we could make your life in Europe very, very difficult indeed. That message has now been sent. What the Europeans are going to do is, is unclear at this point. Hmm. A very scary kind of way of sending a message, that's uh, for sure. And, and of course, all those people, um, innocent people in the crosshairs. Uh, Matthew Chance, seeing this up close for us. Thanks so much. Thanks very much. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, federal workers need to get vaxxed and fast. Welcome back. Here's a little of what's happening this week. On Monday, time's up for those federal employees who haven't been fully vaccinated against COVID-19. The mandate put in place by President Biden in September is separate from the OSHA rule requiring the shot for private businesses with over 100 employees. Dozens of states have filed lawsuits trying to stop both of them. And in case you forgot, Thanksgiving is Thursday. So if you haven't yet, you should probably get to the grocery store soon, like right when you're done listening to this soon. A recent retail survey found that stores were carrying less of the most sought after items like frozen turkeys, packaged pies, and liquid gravy than last year. You can thank the supply chain for that. This episode was produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind. Our production manager is Matt Dempsey. Our senior producer is Mohamed Darwish. Our supervising producer is Greg Peppers. And the executive producer of CNN Audio is Megan Marcus. I'll be back next week, but remember you can check in with the Five Things team all week long starting tomorrow at 6 a.m. Eastern time for all the latest headlines. Talk to you later.